Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I want to tell you real quick before we get going today as everybody's getting settled. Came back from our junior high retreat this morning. And if you have junior hires that went with us, uh, they're pretty fantastic. We had 125, I think, people. I mean, I count some high schoolers too, but about 80 junior hires. And if you put 80 junior hires at a campground, you're just kind of like waiting for something to go wrong all the time. But I mean, they did fantastic. I mean, we had no problems whatsoever. They did a great job of being where they were supposed to be, when they were supposed to be, and taking care of their business. So it was fantastic. If you um, hear, like during the message today, if you hear snoring, it's probably going to be Mike Rainey. He was there with us, and he may be asleep here in a minute um, if we don't get real engaged this morning. So but we had, who, anybody else in here go? Yep, Doug went, of course, obviously, because, you know, Doug is your financial planner. What else did we decide last week that he does? Everything, yeah. So, um, But it had, had a, a good retreat. And I'd say this to you. Some of you had high schoolers that went with us. Uh, part of our London team, they had an option to go for part of their training. We just had some other high schoolers said, I want to go. And I really threw them in the deep end just because the way life is going right now, time is disappearing all over the place with family pastoring and youth pastoring stuff at the same time. And I had a list of kind of their responsibilities and just handed it to them. And, said, and we really turned it over to them. I mean, as adults, we didn't do a whole lot. But they were getting things set up and running things and did a really great job. And I told our junior hires, if you grow up to be like these high schoolers, you'll be doing well. Um, so if your high school went out there, they were fantastic, amazing. Um, in other news, when I was running back from the bus, I injured my back because I'm 42. So I thought y'all should know that. Um, I've now given up running and soon to be giving up mattresses at camp. Uh, last night we laid down and Nate was in my dorm and Nate goes, man, these mattresses, these are like terrible. And I was sitting up, they were talking, I was just looking on my phone, letting them talk. And I was like, I can sleep on anything. And then at 1230, I said, all right, guys, no more talking. We're going to bed. I don't want to hear another word. Turned off my phone and I laid down and immediately thought, well, I owe Nate an apology. Um, I've already said there's no more talking, so I'll have to tell them in the morning. And one of the boys said, man, it was like sleeping on an air mattress. And Bo Hollybeck said, yeah, deflated one. And I was like, yeah, that's, that was a better description of what it was like than, than I knew. So uh, this morning we are doing uh, something that is going to be really exciting. We are giving Nate the opportunity to really experience youth ministry because he's yet to go have to go do a retreat the entire weekend and while he's doing the retreat, be thinking about the message he's going to teach right afterwards. So congratulations. It's his lucky day. He gets to be a real youth minister and feel the pain and the torture and then what it's like to fall asleep at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So Nate's going to continue our series, The Voice. So you ready? Come on up. Perfect. All right. I'll pray for us while he's coming up. God, thank you for this great weekend that we had with our junior hires. I pray, Lord, is they and our high schoolers are out there down the hallway talking about hearing your voice, a very apropos topic that they would, despite going all day yesterday and not sleeping um, probably their normal hours, that they would still be supernaturally gifted to be attentive today to have your word penetrate their heart and their mind so that they would be different today than they were yesterday. They would hear your voice a little better. Lord, I pray that you be with Nate this morning as he shares. pray that you give him clarity, that you would give him uh, strength after being up all night and from a big day. Lord, I pray that you would touch us, change our hearts like you're changing our teenagers. 
And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, we did a winter retreat yesterday for our junior hires. It was a lot of fun. I'm tired, so bear with me as we walk through Scripture this morning. Um, I was praying that God would speak through me and use my tiredness and uh, maybe my scattered mind to speak. And so if there's anything good this morning, all glory to the Lord. Amen. Uh, we had so much fun yesterday, and I'm just so thankful for your kids. I'm so thankful for your high schoolers and for your junior hires. I mean, just all together, it was a great group, and it was a massive group. And so we were able to have a lot of fun. We played dodgeball. We squirted people with water guns at night. Probably maybe a couple of your kids have hypothermia. We'll find out. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I got to get my foot checked out by a doctor because it feels like really painful. I don't know why. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Hopefully it's nothing too bad because I don't make that much money. I don't have money for surgery. Um, so that wasn't a cry for help, by the way. <laughs> so as we go through this, um, I'm just excited to be here with y'all. And I'm so excited to teach your kids on Wednesday. Uh, love you guys. I said this the last time I preached. I love your kids. And I want them to have parents who love them. Um, so I'm excited as we walk through scripture together this morning. So we're going to talk for a little bit, and then we'll give you some good time to discuss. Uh, the point of this morning, the bottom line, is that to hear God's voice clearly, you need to be obedient. Or in other words, obedience leads to hearing God's voice clearly. So as you walk through life, you're going to have different situations. Y'all have all been walking through life longer than I have, so you probably know this better than I do. But as you walk through life and as your students walk through life, there's going to be times when they feel led by the Holy Spirit or they feel led by Scripture or someone else has cheered them on and exhorted them to do something. And so there's going to be times in life where you or your students have the opportunity to make decisions. And as you make these decisions, as you go through life, as you say yes or no to the Holy Spirit, as you submit to the Lord's calling you or you say, no, that's too awkward for me, uh, you're going to get to hear his voice. You're going to get to grow through it. And, and I've experienced this in my own life. You've experienced it in yours. Your students have probably experienced it in theirs, those opportunities where you just feel the Holy Spirit tugging at you to go talk to some person or to be loving to somebody or to get a homeless man a burger from Whataburger and bless them in that way or Taco Bell or whatever is the closest thing, right? Um, you feel these opportunities and you're like, man, I feel like I should do something about this. And it's cool because the more we do things like that, the more we say yes to the Holy Spirit, the more you get to know his voice, the closer you can be with him. Um, same thing with studying scripture. The more you read scripture, the better picture you can get in your head of who God is and what he has for your life. When I was uh, in high school, a long time ago, not actually that long, um, when I was in high school, I was homeschooled. So anytime I would go to a football game, I would go um, to one of my friend's football games and I would go with them and just hang out with them. And I had a lot of friends who played football, had a lot of friends who were cheerleaders, had a lot of friends in band. Um, 
And so one football game that I was at, me and my friends, I think we're going to get something from a concession stand. And sure enough, we heard some like scuffling. And I don't really know how this all went down, but this school that my friends went to had like fights every day. I don't know if Georgetown is that bad, but this school like fights every day, people getting tased because they were trying to stop fights, that kind of stuff, craziness. Um, so I'm not sure how this went down, but we heard some scuffling and sure enough behind, kind of under behind the football stadium, there was a ring of people gathered. And in this ring of people, um, as me and my friends got closer, because we were like, what's going on? We noticed that there was a fight. And like, I'd say fight loosely because there was like a clear winner going on in this fight. Um, and so as we got even closer, we noticed um, that this fight wasn't really going well for one of the guys. And this guy was just kind of beating up on this guy, like punching, kicking while all these people watched. I mean, probably like 15 high schoolers were watching this happen. And I'll never forget it, because I, I was like shocked. I was like, why are all these people watching this like just happen? I mean, a fight's a fight. Once somebody's on the ground, maybe it's ended, something like that. And so before I knew it, my other friend, who was a little bit bigger than I was at the time, just walked in there and started yelling and broke it up and kind of threw the guy who's beating the other guy and because he was yelling, I think everybody kind of dispersed and snapped like back to their senses. And we got the police officers who were there at the game. And I mean, the kid who was getting beaten up didn't get beaten up that bad, thankfully. But man, I'll never forget that. And I'll never forget that feeling of like, something's wrong. We have to do something. And Thankfully, my friend stepped in before I did because he was a little bit bigger and scarier and more intimidating than I was. He was, he was about probably two, 300 pounds, big old guy um, named Colin Crawford. He's a good dude. Uh, and I'm thankful they did that, but I always think about that and like those hypotheticals. I don't really like hypotheticals, but hypotheticals always seem to go through my head. Uh, of like, what would I do? What would I do in this situation? What would I do if something happened in the youth group? What would I do if I saw something unjust happening before my very own eyes? And I, I hope I would, I would step up and do something, right? And I think we all hope that we would in those situations. And I, I've found in my life, when I'm in situations like that or situations that are less intense, I've found that if I don't do something, maybe I feel like a coward or maybe I regret it. And it, it hurts me. And I walk away from these situations like, man, I should have done something. And the flip side to that is, is the good thing. Those situations where I have responded well, those situations where we see something and we do it and we're courageous and we step out and we go, the Lord has empowered me and put me here such a time as this. And we're like, oh man, this is where I should be. This is, this is where God put me. And I love those moments. And those are the moments where we really get to hear God's voice. We get to go, okay, here's this situation. I'm going to do something. The Lord's equipped me, and we do it. And then we go, that was right. And we know that he put us there, and he equipped us for that moment. I want to show you a story of a time when 
a guy uh, didn't respond well. So let's go to Luke, if you will. We're going to go to Luke 18. And I'm going to go fast because I want to get through a lot of scriptures. Um, so this is the story of the rich young ruler, Luke 18, verse 18. Uh, and a ruler asked him, good teacher, he's talking to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your mother and father. And the rich young ruler, as we call him, said, all these things I've kept since I was young. And Jesus heard this and said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have, distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And this is important. Jesus said, Jesus invited him, come follow me. How cool is that? And that invitation, believe it or not, is there for all of us. He goes, come follow me. Come walk with me. How exciting is that? I mean, I have, I have some big people that I look up to. I like Matt Chandler. Uh, I like Carl Lentz, even though some, there's some conspiracy around him. I like some of these big preachers who do a good job, and I listen to their sermons, and I gain something. If they said... Hey, Nate, come, come walk with me for a year, and I'll show you how I do it. I'd be like, nah, I got Brett Levi. <laughs> and it's so cool, because I got hired to this job, and I get to learn from Brett. And I get to walk with him. And I get to grow, and he gets to say, hey, Nate, you messed up. And I'm like, oh, my bad. You know? And Jesus says the same thing to this guy. He goes, hey, Sell what you've got, give it to the poor, and come follow me. Come walk with me. And then you go to verse 23. Here's the sad part. Uh, it says, but when he heard these things, he being the rich young ruler, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. And there's a couple of other places in Scripture where this is, uh, and he left. He walked away from Jesus. He was sad because he was rich. Why was he sad? Because he didn't want to give away his property. He didn't want to give away his money. He didn't want to give away his stuff. So he didn't respond well. He didn't follow in obedience. And because of that, he didn't get to walk with Jesus. That kind of breaks my heart. Like, what amount of money would lead you to not follow Jesus anymore. And then here's a good story. You go to chapter 19 of Luke still, and you all know the story of Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus is trying to get a vision, a vision, a sight line of Jesus. He can't see Jesus because there's a massive crowd. So Zacchaeus climbs up in a tree, right? You all know this. There's children's songs about it. Your children have probably sung it. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so Let's go to this conversation. Zacchaeus stood um, before Jesus because Jesus had asked Zacchaeus to open his house. Um, and then in verse 8 of chapter 19 of Luke, Jesus and Zacchaeus are there together. And Zacchaeus stood and said to Jesus, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, 
And if I have defrauded anyone, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. And for the Son of God came to seek and to save the lost. And so picture this. Zacchaeus is in a tree. Jesus is like, yo, can I Airbnb with you tonight? Can I come stay at your place? Can I crash? Can you feed me and my friends? And Zacchaeus is like, yeah, come on. Let's go. For sure. And without Jesus' prompting or anything, and Zacchaeus is a tax collector, right? He's rich, like the rich young ruler. I'm not sure if our tax collectors, I have a good friend, Mike Talley, who's a, he works for the IRS. I don't know how rich he is, but this guy in this day and age was rich and probably very fraudulent with people, stealing people's money, taking too much because he could, right? And so Zacchaeus goes, yeah, come, come with me, come stay with my family. And then Jesus and his buddies get there. And you can see in the verse before that it says, the people with Jesus, his disciples, were kind of scoffing at Zacchaeus. And without Jesus telling him to sell anything, without Jesus telling him to do anything, just because it was in Zacchaeus' heart and he was convicted, he goes, you know what? I've already sold some stuff and I'm giving it to the poor. And if I've defrauded anybody, if I've stolen, if I've, if I've taken people's money unjustly, I'm going to pay them times four. That's obedience. That's like when conviction hits you, when the Lord, when the Holy Spirit, when scripture hits you and you feel a need to do something, this is what we do. We follow in Zacchaeus' footsteps. And I think it's so cool because it's hard, and Jesus says this, it's hard for rich people to get into heaven. Now that's paraphrasing, I know. But Jesus says it's hard for rich people to get into heaven. And so we have this story of a rich young ruler who chooses not to follow. And the next chapter, very next chapter, here's the redemption. Here's, here's how you can respond. Here's the bright side, is we see Zacchaeus respond well, and salvation comes to his family. He's saved. His family's saved. Jesus spends the night with them. Like, I would stay up all night. That would be so cool. I think Spending the night with Jesus would be better than spending the night with Brett Levi, but still, pretty cool. I want us to go to our next scripture. And I dropped my pen. So flip over to John, please. So we're going to get to John. Um, and so go to John chapter 10. And this is a cool verse, guys. So John chapter 10 describes Jesus as a shepherd. And I like it. I love it. I love that we are sheep because sheep are stupid sometimes and they need somebody to lead them, right? I mean, if you don't amen that, then I don't know. So look at verse 27 of chapter 10. This is where I want to be. This is what I want to feel like in my life. And I hope that you feel the same way. Chapter 27 of verse 10 of John says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So what would it take 
for you to feel like you know his voice? Do you think that you know his voice? I hope that you know his voice. I hope that you recognize his voice. I hope that you feel conviction, that you feel something and you act. But this is encouraging to me because it's a goal that I can have to know his voice and to follow him. And maybe the cooler part is that it says that he knows us. It says, I know them. I want to be known by him. I want to follow him. I want to be so obedient to his voice that I know when it's his voice and I know the difference between him and the devil. I want to know him so well that when I get plans in my head that are many, I know his plans that are far greater than mine. I want to know his voice so well that I know that I am just constantly following him. I want to be a pastor who leads people to know him. I want your kids to know his voice. So, so what do we do? We have to be obedient to know his voice. Because here's one option. You know his voice, you're obedient, you follow him, the Holy Spirit says move and you move. Or the other option is we don't respond to him. We don't respond to the Holy Spirit. And, and we walk the other direction. And you're either going to walk this direction or you're going to walk the other direction. But I think it takes more than one step. I think there's little steps every day, little steps of obedience where you follow him. And you say, yes, God, I'm going to pick this coworker up because they're having a bad day. And you say, yes, God, I'm going to get this homeless guy a burger. And you say, yes, God, I'm going to apologize to my coworker for snapping at them. I mean, whatever it is, whatever it looks like in your life. My fear as a pastor, if you want to flip to James, that's where we're going next. My fear as a pastor is that we come on Sundays and we hear somebody preach. Maybe you hear Brett preach and Kevin preach, and so you're doubly blessed or however that works. Um, but then you leave and you don't apply it, or your kids leave from small groups and they don't have action steps. There's a, there's a scary verse to me a little bit in First John, and it says, and this is First John, or sorry, and James, uh, James 1, 22. And it says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So be doers of the word. We're called to do it. We're called to go, right? Not only hearers, deceiving yourselves. I've done this. I've heard something, I've heard a pastor, I've heard scripture, I've read it, I've dove in deep into Bible study, and then I've gone and treated somebody inappropriately, or snapped at somebody, or had a little bit of road rage pop up. I've done this, but 
my hope is that when we come here together and we fellowship and the Holy Spirit is here with us, we can be affected and we can, we can take something and we can move on. And we can walk in obedience and maybe start that walk in obedience. So here's my, here's my charge to you, my encouragement to you. Be doers. And, and any time that you feel like you should do something this week, do it, right? And, and don't walk away from here feeling good and like happy about yourself, but maybe in your small groups today, make a game plan. Talk to each other about some conviction in your life, something that you've felt like you should do. I, I kind of get worked up sometimes when I study different things, when I read articles about like sex trafficking or something. And it, it hurts me and it like breaks me because I'm like, if that was my kid, I would not be standing here preaching before you. I would go get them. I would be like taken like I have a certain set of skills and they're youth ministry skills and I took paintball in college. I will find you, you know? I would, I would be not here. I would be going to grab my kid and take them out of that. And yet, some of us don't even know what sex slavery really is or help fight against it. Or adoption, the fact that there's, there's more Christians in America than kids who need to be adopted, but yet they're not all in homes. I mean, if you can adopt a kid, take them in like Christ took us in. I mean, pick something this week that God has been convicting you of and, and do it. So here's, here's the application for today. And I think I'm talking a little bit quick and so you'll have plenty of time to talk in your small groups. Congratulations. Um, Here's, here's the application for today. Talk with your small group about whatever it is that God's been convicting you to do. Whether it's talking with someone, whether it's sharing the gospel with someone, whether it's talking to a friend in love and trying to help them out of some sin situation, whether it's adopting a kid, whether it's getting involved in anti-sex slavery stuff, whatever it is, whether it's going on a mission trip or serving somewhere in our church or serving somewhere in our community, whatever it is, talk with your small group, dig deep this morning and come up with a game plan. And, and here's the really cool thing is your kids are going to hear an even better version of this sermon on Sunday when I'm not as tired, right? And, and, and if you go this morning, here's what the Lord has been convicting me to do. And you talk with your small group and y'all figure out a way to do it. You can take your kids this week and do that with them. So if you feel like, hey, we need to go do this as a family, you can take your kids along with them and they can watch you be obedient to the Lord. How epic would that be? If your kids are like, man, my parents have kind of been putting this off, but they feel convicted about it and, and we're doing this. 
What kind of a message would that send to your kids? I'll tell you what kind of a message. Your kids will go, all right, when the Lord tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be obedient. One of the coolest things that happened lately to me, a total win, was we had a student who was sitting over here at Collide a couple Wednesdays ago. This is so, like, this is, I'm like, God is doing stuff. I'm in the right place. So we had a kid sitting over here in this section alone. Just like the normal thing that happens to kids sometimes, like he's got three seats on this side that have nobody and like four seats on this side. Like this kid's alone, right? And Anderson Inman decides to get up and go sit next to this kid. That's, that's one step of obedience. Anderson probably said to himself, wow, this kid is sitting by himself. I need to go sit next to him. That takes some courage. Like he got up while Brett was preaching, right? Brett probably gave him like evil eyes of some type. He got up while Brett was preaching and went and sat down next to this other student. That's one step of obedience. Then Anderson texts me, and I'm not looking at my phone during Brett's sermon, so Anderson has to get Lance Rushing's attention, and Lance gets my attention, and Lance says, Anderson wants you to look at your phone. And so I look at my phone, and this text message from Anderson says, it says, Nate, I came over here to sit next to this student who is sitting alone, and then he got up and went out of the collide room and left. <laughs> and so now Anderson is sitting alone. And so Anderson doesn't get up and go back to his friends. Anderson sends me a second text that says, hey, should I go out and find him? And I was like, yeah. Like, yeah, go find him. Go, go see why he left. Maybe he just went to use the restroom. Like, I get that. That's his business, right? But, but I said to Anderson, yes, go out there. And sure enough, this kid is out there in the game room crying because he's been being bullied at high school. And so Anderson went out there and sat with him and talked with him for the rest of the time that Brett was preaching. I mean, I'm sorry for Anderson because he missed Brett's sermon, but he got to minister to this kid. So there's several steps of obedience, and it just made me so proud. And, and Anderson and I talked afterwards, and Anderson said, hey, thanks for saying yes to me going to be out there. And I was like, well, that's what I'm always going to say, you know, no big deal. And Anderson goes, what can I do about bullying? Or actually, first, here, here's the funny thing. He said, what can you do to help this kid? And I was like, I can't do anything. I'm not at a school, you know. And I said, but what can you do, Anderson? And Anderson goes, well, maybe me and some of the guys at my school can, whenever we see him, be nice to him and love him and say hi. And I was like, that's awesome. Do that. And so we have one of our students, and this is just a win for me, and I'm like, yes, God's doing stuff. We have one of our students who is obeying the Lord in multiple steps and walking down this path to being a leader and to loving people the way he should. And I'm just, I'm so proud of him. And I, I want to model that. And Anderson's kind of like, I kind of look up to him a little bit. I'm like, wow, I, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's Jesus right there. Um, so be like Anderson, pick something this week where you can be obedient. Just think of something. And I know there's stuff on my heart that I feel called to do that I've probably been putting off. Right. So dig deep in your small group time now and talk about this and be open with each other be honest and there's discussion questions in the app and you'll get to the end and it's like what's the one thing that you can do this week and then what i would really love is for y'all to keep each other accountable on that 
and even better than that, involve your families in your obedience to the Lord. That would be the coolest thing. And then, maybe next week, come back and tell me and Brett what happened and what y'all did. We would love to hear those stories. So let's pray, and then we'll dismiss y'all into some discussion time. God, we love you so much. Thank you for this weekend and just getting to have fun and party and talk about you with these kids. God, I hope that our junior hires saw our high schoolers being obedient and serving. I hope that that sets up a pattern of service and love and just community so that someday when our junior hires are high schoolers, they do the same thing. God, thank you so much for our high schoolers who are willing to serve. Thank you for the fact that we all made it back safely, God, with minimal injuries. God, we just love you, and we are so thankful to be here this morning. Help us to focus and discuss well and be open. Just freshly affect our souls, God. And as we go to the 11 o'clock service, let that sermon hit home too. God, we are so thankful to be here and to worship you today. And this time is just all about you. We love you, God. Thank you for loving us. Amen. And discuss.